Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their advice. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. Energy for me is everything, and energy is such an important aspect of autistic communication that isn't nearly enough focus on. Many believe that this energy can be explained through the use of astrology. On today's episode, I talk with Colleen Harrison about being an astrologer and how astrology has allowed her to have a better relationship with herself. Colleen also discusses how astrology can be helpful when dealing with autistic burnout. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Colleen, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I want to start like I do with all these episodes and just kind of learn where does your story in the autistic community begin? Yeah, um, you know, it, just in the last few years, I'm a late-in-life learner of my autism. Fortunately and unfortunately, a lot of the details of my story are, some are very unique and some are not unique at all. I've learned from, you know, joining different chat groups in Facebook around the autistic community that, like, you know, like so many women who it just goes completely overlooked most of our lives. Yeah, I, I unfortunately kind of learned the hard way. I got into a living situation that was unfortunately pretty abusive, and I just couldn't get back up afterwards. Like, I'd always been a pretty solid rebound. I was always known as, like, a get SHIT done girl. I was always known as like a warrior. And like, for me, it was horrifying because I was like, like, I couldn't get out of bed some days. Like, how am I going to support myself? So on and so forth. And for my family, it was like, I think it was equally as shocking. Like the view from the inside was scary. The view from the outside was a little like, whoa, you know, and that unfortunately just made it worse because my support system vanished at the same time. And I kept seeing therapist after therapist after therapist, and that only seemed to make it worse as well because they'd ask these very sensitive questions, and I'd, I'd bring it all up, and they didn't realize how vividly I was in the experience in that moment. And then I even had one therapist say to me, she's like, when we met a week later, like she was like, are you okay? I was really worried about you when our hour was up last week and I was like no it wasn't okay <laughs> you know? like talking about all this stuff bringing it back up is really painful and you just let me hang so yeah so that was where I turned to astrology uh we'll talk a lot more about that as the interview goes on because I just didn't have any other it was like okay like I'm not gonna survive if I don't figure out some way to process all of what happened to me what you know it eerily felt like a pattern like I'd been in intimate situations with so many predatory characters throughout my life. I was in the restaurant industry for a long time right before that crash happened. And it was like, I always was with a boss who 
wasn't working nearly as hard as I was while making twice as much money while usually cheating on his wife with somebody on our staff. And I was like expected to somehow manage that and absorb the shock and act like everything was fine. (laughs) So yeah. So then I turned to astrology. I also started doing yoga really intensely and the combination just works together beautifully. A lot of my yoga instructors were very into astrology as well. So, you know, this, abusive person worked from home I was out of work while we were living together and so I would just escape to my yoga studio when I could get myself out of bed and hang out there for literally hours (laughs) they must like please go home but you know we would be talking about yoga talking about astrology I got very very spiritual which again in my like Irish Catholic Republican family was truly they could not figure out how I turned into a completely different person Yeah, but it was that sort of thing where, you know, astrology I now know is undoubtedly my special interest. It was bringing me back to life while I was learning about it. And learning about it was unpacking all of my trauma and helping me see parts of myself that I'd never been able to either acknowledge at all before or was seeing in a much more healthy light, able to accept these things about myself. That was about two years in at that point. I tried to go back to the restaurant industry, but I'd also had a substance abuse problem with alcohol that decades on both sides of my lineage had been an issue. But it was the sort of thing that nobody talked about, but everybody's struggling a little bit. And me deciding to face it did not help my relationship with my family members at all. So I became more and more isolated, but started getting healthier and healthier. And I was in Instagram a lot, um, getting very into astrology and tarot and um, started meeting people all over the world who were into the same things. And people started reaching out being like, hey, do you do readings? Do you, can I pay you? Can you help me? And so I decided to just you know, go all in with astrology at that point. And it was really great. That, were, that was the, the high point during a very low period of time. And so time went on. I was working with clients and just struggling to get to a place where it was going to be able to pay my bills. And I sort of like my, I realized my ego was in my way at a certain point. I was so used to running businesses within the four walls of a restaurant. I told myself I could no problem run my own business with astrology. And it finally dawned on me, like, maybe get some help, maybe hire a business coach or, you know, take a course on running an online business, being an online entrepreneur. And in that course was where you know, astrology did such a great job sort of teeing me up to get there in this course. Like there were some other people in the course who were trying to launch businesses geared toward the neurodivergent community. And that was the first time I heard that term. So I thought, okay, neurodivergence, you know, when you just hear something, you hear a word, it's somewhere inside of you, your intuition is like, well, I got to check that out. That was neurodivergence for me. So, and like, you know how the algorithms work. Once you start doing the research, the Google machine just starts feeding you more and more and more of content around that, you know, that area of interest. And yeah. And then I'm also, I'm like sitting there watching these video lessons about how to grow my business and nothing's getting through my brain. Like I'm having to watch them over and over and over again. And that was the first time I'd really tried to learn something that wasn't the restaurant and that wasn't astrology. And I'd forgotten this struggle I'd always had in school where if it wasn't something that I was totally interested in, it wasn't getting through. And, you know, like looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, I was on academic probation, like pretty much all of college. They asked me to stay back a grade several times in elementary and high school. And 
you know, I always just muscled my way through it because of the embarrassment. But yeah, so eventually, like, autism videos started coming my way and autism content and articles. And I'm a sucker for all things health and wellness in the brain and the body anyway. So the more neuroscience podcasts I watch, I was like, oh boy, Colleen, like I was worried it was my hypochondria. I'm like, no, you're not, you aren't autistic. And then the more I learned about it, I was like, oh no, you just don't under, never understood fully what autism is. So yeah, so it became very clear that was what was going on. And then I started working through the diagnosis process and it was pretty much ever, like telling family members, like every single one was like, oh man, never would have thought of that. But yeah, that's it. Wow. So yeah, and then it became clear that you know, the astrology niche right now is, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it's competitive. I don't know. Like not everyone is into astrology, but people that are really into it. And I think astrology, we'll get more into this uh, as we go on, but astrology is one of those things where I think a lot of, you take to it because it, you kind of need to, it's, it's something that, you know, it's a way you see the world. It's a, it's a language that speaks to you like nothing else has before. But I, a lot of astrologers out there are sort of using astrology as a vehicle to become a social media star, and that makes it a pretty saturated market. And so in learning about my autism, in trying to get a business, a sustainable business off the ground, it just kind of clicked. I'm like, oh, I've been managing a lot of my neurodivergence through astrology. That's why, like, obviously giving up alcohol helped a lot and, you know, doing yoga a lot helped, but... For the first time in my life, I was able to process so much, understand so much, look at how hypersensitive I am, and using astrology, I can avoid situations where I'm going to be triggered. I can see when I'm likely to be more stressed out. Yeah, we'll get into a lot more of that. That Yeah, does that answer the question for the most part? Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're a Western astrologer, and knowing just a tiny bit about astrology, it, it seems like in our culture, it's really focused just on when the person is born, which I know is not necessarily the whole picture of astrology at all. So what are the components or principles of Western astrology that are important to know, but are often neglected to be mentioned? It's important to keep in mind with astrology and particularly western astrology right we know that western astrology isn't the only kind of astrology that exists right there's chinese astrology there's mayan astrology there's vedic astrology and we went through in the west like right at a pretty pivotal time in astrology the age of reason came about and in western culture astrology got shoved underground and became this very taboo thing so whereas in the Vedic culture or, you know, over in India, for example, astrology is very intimately interwoven with the Hindu religion, right? Like astrology is something that's passed down within families and is very much a part of the culture, a very accepted part of life and having spiritual life and healing and so on and so forth. Whereas in the West, astrology started to get passed down sort of in, in an underground game of telephone. And so it was really around the time of the Vietnam War that astrology started to make this big resurgence in the West because much like the time we're in now, people were so desperate for answers or hope or anything. So astrology 
came surging back to the forefront, but from this really wonky centuries game of telephone. So it was like people who were really into it saw the reason why. Like, oh, okay, this is legit. This makes me feel better. This is great. But like there just wasn't, you know, with math, like we can go back and grab a math textbook and understand very concretely the systems and the processes and the reasoning behind things. Whereas with astrology, it's it's sort of, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing that it's so spiritual and that certain people who have gifts of clairvoyance, who have gifts of clairsentience, who might see themselves as empaths, you know, a lot of people with neurodivergence, right? Because we're so sensitive to these energies. There are a lot of astrologers out there who are not knocking their work at all. They, they are, I've had readings from astrologers who don't use the system that I use, who haven't gone as deep into the research and the foundations of astrology, who are still very gifted at it because they have a basic understanding of the archetypes. And then they fill in all the rest of the gaps with their clairsentience and their clairaudience. And you still get a wonderful reading. But those aren't the astrologers that are going to get everyday people understanding that anyone can access this language, anyone can access these systems. So the astrology that I think you're talking about having to do with our birth date, that is what we call sun sign astrology. So everybody knows about their newspaper horoscope, right? Like, you, you know, <laughs> right. the Sunday paper you flip to, you know, it's like usually right underneath the cartoons and you're like, all right. Like for me, that was how I fell in love when I was a little girl. Like I would always grab that paper. My parents thought I was looking at the cartoons, what I was really looking at. I was like, okay, where I'm a cancer son. I would look at the cancer horoscope and it would always just speak to me in a way. And it, it does. It speaks to you in a way, but it's rarely very accurate or something that you can actionably like and there's a reason for that when my like crash culmination happened that led to me uncovering my autism I found out there was something called a birth chart and so still having to do with our date of birth but you can go to any free website astro-seek.com if any of your listeners are inspired from this conversation go in plug in all of your birth data the day you were born, the exact time you were born, don't guess, make sure you know to the minute, and where you were born. And this pulls up a map of the sky the moment you were born, the moment you came into being, the moment you take took your first breath. Now, this is where astrology gets really fascinating, really cool, really accurate, and really helpful for everyday life. Because so our sun sign is... You know, it's our sun, it's our soul, it's our moral compass, it's sort of our ego for better or worse in this lifetime. That's the that's the newspaper horoscope, okay? Now, the reason those speak to us is because it's a very bit large part of our being. The reason they're very rarely accurate is because the astrologer that's writing that has no idea where your sun sign falls in your chart. So do you mind if we take a little bit of an instructional? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So for anybody who's like, ooh, tell me more. There are three components in astrology that you want to take into account when you start to get into this stuff. It's the planets themselves. So, you know, like I was just saying, we all know about our sun sign, right? So in this snapshot of the sky, the moment we were born, each of the planets is in a specific sign according to the tropical zodiac. That's what we use here in the West. And for anyone who has heard NASA saying there's a 13th constellation now you need to worry about, that's not true because in Western astrology, we're using a framework based off of the seasons and not the exact constellations. 
So you don't need to worry about like that whole NASA saying we're not legitimate. That's just NASA being NASA. So much of hatred towards astrology is out of sheer unfortunate ignorance because of this long game of telephone. But I digress. So you want to know about three things. Your planets, the signs that they're in, so the archetypes, the lenses that the planets behave through. If planets are actors in a play, the signs or the archetypes are sort of the costumes those planets are wearing, the roles those planets are playing. And then third, and in my opinion, most importantly, are the houses. So houses are areas of life. There are 12 signs and 12 houses. Every single person walking the planet has is subject to the exact same 12 houses, exact same 12 areas of life, exact same 12 signs, and then the exact same planets. You might not even know about houses if you've been into astrology for a while because there are different house systems. And I, this was one of the things we were going to talk about, so we'll sort of weave around a bit. Feel free to reel me back in if I get off on a tangent. Yeah, this the planets are always playing themselves out in a certain area of our life as designated by the houses. And so a sun sign horoscope is written about your sun, but the person writing that has no way of knowing what area of your life that's playing out in. True horoscopes, like the horoscopes that people like me do, are based off of your rising sign. And this is why you need to know the exact minute you were born. Your rising sign changes every two hours throughout the day. Your rising sign is exactly that horizon line. Like think of the sun rising up over the horizon each morning to start a day, right? Our day starts at sunrise. Same exact thing. The moment you took your breath, it's your rising sign is that horizon line. And that's essentially you rising up out of the underworld. It's saying like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so a true horoscope is based off of your rising sign because the astrologer is like, okay, right now Pluto is in, if you're a Scorpio rising like me, for example, right now Pluto is in Capricorn. So an astrologer who knows their stuff knows that Pluto is in my third house of everyday communication, behavior, my neighborhood, my chores, my siblings. An astrologer who knows their stuff is going to say, okay, if you're a Scorpio rising, Pluto's in your third house. Don't forget, Pluto is like control issues. Pluto is really difficult stuff to look at. So like you may be going through some stuff in the way you communicate with others. You may be going through a difficult process in the way that you, you know, relate to people in your everyday life. Yeah. Where was I? Sorry. <laughs> this is why I'm so glad I can see your face because it's like once I get going, it's like I'm all over the place. Yeah, we're just talking about just the different components and principles. Yeah, so when you get your full birth chart, your full map of the sky in front of you, you start learning about A, the planets and what they represent, B, what signs they're in, so how they're expressing themselves in your life, and C, the houses that they fall in. So what area of life does that planet show up in most prominently for you? I'll use myself as an example. I'm a Scorpio first house, and a lot of people have no planets in their first house at all. Your first house is, that's that horizon line that you are coming out into the world in. It represents your physical body, your general psychology, your sort of your everyday life. It's, it's called the helm, the helm of the ship you're steering around the world in. I like to use an analogy with clients. Um, if we're all driving down the road of life, 
our rising sign is the car that we're driving down that road in. It's our physical body, our physical vehicle. It's what other people see as we're driving down the road. It's what other people interact with, hence our general psychology. It's also said to be the mask that we wear unconsciously because of who we had to be as a child in the environment that we grew up in. So we sort of created this persona based on who we had to be in our earliest environment. And that stays with us really until we start to decide to work with it and and shift and mold it, whether consciously or unconsciously. So that is our rising sign. Now, who's driving that car? That's going to be our sun. That's our soul. That's our moral compass. It may not exactly know the destination of the road that we're driving down, but it knows how to work the GPS. It knows how to get more gas. Like if you've ever been in a situation where you've been like, holy crap, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. It's that sun inside of you. It's that moral will that's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to push through somehow. We're going to figure out how to get through around or over the wall. And then the third leg of this equation is our moon. Our moon is goggles or the lens that the sun, the person driving the car is wearing. So I would say for the neurodivergent community, the moon is possibly the most important part of your chart to understand. So we all think that we're seeing the world the right way, the way it is, right? Is that true? No, of course not. (laughs) Our moon speaks to the way we see and interpret the world based on our emotional experiences, based on the way our brain works, right? In the neurodivergent community, we know that we're wired differently than everybody else. So we know we're seeing the world differently than everybody else. That definitely speaks to our moon. And then it's the way that we emote and the way that we react and the way that we interact with others based off of that perception. Astrology is just magical. It's you, you, one of the gifts of starting to get into your birth chart. And again, I encourage everybody to go on. There are so many free websites out there and all of these free websites come with descriptions for your planets. Now take it all with a grain of salt because algorithm astrology is just always going to be flawed. It can't quite take in all of the factors. It really just says, okay, you have Jupiter in your fourth house of Aquarius. It takes those three sort of pieces of the math equation and puts that together. It's not taking into account that Jupiter is being squared by Saturn, perhaps. The aspects between planets are the conversations they're having, and that sort of shapes the character and the way that that planet is able to behave. Now, you were talking about the moon earlier, and yes. you know I saw on social media you've talked about something many of our listeners can relate to, and that's autistic burnout and how paying attention to the moon can be helpful in this process. So how exactly can the moon help people dealing with burnout? Great question. I'm so Your questions were awesome, by the way. I'm so, yeah teed me up very nice. Thank you for that. Um, (laughs) So the moon is, there's two different ways. So we want to understand that there's the moon in our charts. There's our personal relationship to the moon. And then there's the moon on a mundane sense. So all of the planets are obviously in the sky right now, affecting us all from whatever sign they're in. And then from whatever house that sign falls in for us personally. But the moon speaks to, the moon is really, in my opinion, one of the most important planets, because, well, celestial bodies will say, the moon was once a part of Earth. 
it was a piece of earth that got chopped off and then, you know, stayed in our orbit. And I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'll stop with my definition there. But uh, we know that the moon changes the tides. We know that when there's a full moon, any nurses or firefighters in your life know that it's going to be a crazy shift the night of a full <laughs> moon, right? Like, we know that on some level, the moon is making stuff happen down here, right? <laughs> and so in a mundane sense, if we follow the cycles of the moon, especially if you find that you're hypersensitive, that you're super sensitive to other people's energy around you, if you're super sensitive sensory to your environment, if the moon is full, for example, consider all energy here on earth heightened. Just consider it heightened. So if you're somebody who's super sensitive to noise, you know it's a full moon, grab your noise canceling headphones on your way out the door. It's going to help. You're just going to be a little more amped up that day, a little more heightened in that sense that day. Now, the moon also alternates between passive and active cycles. And again, if you find you're quite sensitive to subtle energies, if you know your birth chart and you know that you have your moon and say a water sign, you are really going to feel this. You're going to notice that you feel more energized when the moon is in an active phase. So a full, a new, a first quarter, a last quarter phase. And then when the moon is in a passive phase, so waxing or waning, there's just not as much energy behind you. Astrologers pretty much forever have debated whether or not the planets are actively affecting us or whether it's simply a representation of what we're feeling down here. Either way, in theory, during passive phases, we're meant to be integrating whatever has been going on around us. So for example, we might notice like we start a new job on the day of the full moon. Uh, sorry, a new moon rather. And then, you know, you start the new job, you think about like you're meeting everybody, especially if you're super sensitive and autistic, like I am meeting a brand new people, you're taking in so much emotional data, you're like, whew, okay, that was a lot, I gotta go home, process, like, figure out sort of, you know, social, socially, navigating social situations is not anything I've ever been good at, like, that, think of the pa a passive phase of the moon as a time to really process and integrate all the information you took in, and then, you know, just for example, say you go back to your job for your second week, and we're in the first quarter moon, there's an obstacle to get over. There's a challenge in theory. And so it's like, oh, okay, like now I got to do it. Now I've got to figure out where I fall in the context of the larger social environment. And then we move into another passive phase before the full moon where there's a culmination of some sort. So I personally find that if I'm following what phases the moon is in and directing my activities, scheduling my life accordingly as best I can, of course, because we all have things that are outside of us that we can't control. But I find I set myself up way more for success and I notice a lot less burnout when I'm able to schedule what I need to do with the active and passive phases. Of is that pretty clear? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think it's more challenging to have positive relationships with others if you don't have that with yourself first. So I'm wondering if astrology, if it can bring you a better awareness about yourself, and has that maybe helped you have better relationships with the people that are important to you in your life? 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. That might be, I mean, I think that's one of the things that ultimately saved my life and kept me from needing to go back to alcohol, which I realized in hindsight, I was using to numb my hypersensitivity. And, you know, a lot of your listeners can probably relate to this, but when you're autistic and especially as a female, when most were like not knowing I was autistic, a lot of the people in my life saw my hypersensitivity as an inconvenience and would almost talk to me or treat me like I was making a choice somehow in how sensitive I was, right? And, you know, I really got into my birth chart several years before I learned I was autistic and that I am autistic, I should say. And it was seeing that I have not just my son in cancer, but Mars, my planet of you know, aggression. This was, I, I mean, famously, both of my parents and my, you know, a lot of my family members were constantly on me about my temper. And my Mars is conjunct my son. So those are two very personal planets in a sign, Cancer, where Mars is not happy. Just to paint a picture, guess who also famous figure that we're unfortunately all very aware of um, has their Mars in Cancer? Donald Trump. Donald Trump and I have the same placement. So talk about an uncontrollable, wounded ego temper. I had a similar, not the same by a long shot, me and that man are not, no. But (laughs) we won't go down that road. But, you know, like family members or like bosses, my temper always came up at my jobs. And, you know, now that I know that I'm autistic and I did not know I was autistic all of those years, that I was picking up on things in the environment that were absolutely happening, but I just didn't have the social wherewithal to know that you're not supposed to bring up the elephant in the room. And I was bullied a lot. There were reasons for my temper, but it was so much easier on the outside for people to just say, no, your temper is the problem. Looking at my astrology, it was so validating to see that like, I didn't create that. Mars was right there, conjunct my son in a sign that it is not healthy or happy at all. The moment I was born, somebody else put that in the script. It wasn't me. So I was able to really forgive myself and then say, okay, I need to start to understand the Mars archetype better. I need to understand the cancer archetype better. And then I need to understand how to then navigate the people that it obviously upsets, right? I need to make peace with myself, stop being at war with myself, Mars. And then starting on the inside, it then started to heal itself on the outside. My relationships with the people in my life, you know, and then you think like, okay, well, if I have this in my chart that I didn't know was there, what does this person in my life maybe also have in their chart that they don't know is there? They need to forgive themselves for But whether or not you're into astrology, whether or not you want to work on yourself, I mean, I come from a family where we unfortunately have so many glaring instances of mental illness, but, you know, we're Irish Catholic. My dad's, both of my dad's parents were war veterans and baby boomers, right? Like, they lived through the Great Depression. Like, you don't, like, they went through some really hard times. Like, if you have all 10 fingers and you're fed, like, you're good, you know? (laughs) And so it makes it hard to really like go deep, talk about stuff. And so for me, like where therapy was just not, I realized not a good option. Working with my birth chart, looking at my astrology became a form of therapy. And I was able to really heal the narrative around myself. I was able to heal so much of things I viewed about myself negatively and 
sort of make it technical. Like, okay, like I said, I didn't write that script. Somebody else put that there. So now it's just up to me to confront it and fix it and make friends with it and learn to love that about myself in some way. And, you know, every single one of us has a birth chart. Every single one of us has these planets, has these signs, has these houses. So any, any one of us can do this and start to heal this narrative. But, you know, it might be stuff that we can't even see, right? Like every single one of us has a Pluto in our chart. I've mentioned Pluto already. Pluto is, so Carl Jung, famous depth psychologist, he loved astrology. He was super into astrology. And he noticed that, you know, we all sort of have this parental complex. We all, every single one of us had either a parent, both parents, an absence of parents that put something in our psyche at a very young age that we then spend the rest of our lives needing to undo and unpack. And guess what? In astrology, it's pretty darn clear. The moon is famously the mother. And in my chart, that is so very, very clear. And then our father interestingly shows up twice. It can be Saturn as well as the sun. But you start to look at where those planets fall in your chart. Are they healthy in the signs that they're in? What aspects are they making to one another? What aspects are they making to other planets in our chart that explain our inner psychology, like Mercury, the way our mind works, for example, or Mars for me. I mean, Mars was conjunct my son. I love my father. He's, you know, he means very well. He worked very hard raising two kids by himself. But, you know, for him, it was, he was the child of the baby boomers who were war veterans. It was easier to just say like, hey, that sensitivity is really not helping me <laughs> keep you guys fed right now. Shh. And that I had to sort of look at, okay, well, where maybe that is just what needed to be at that point in time, but I don't need to live out that narrative anymore. And he and I can work on that together now, now that I can see it. Well, well Colleen, you never, I never know what people are going to talk about in a podcast interview. And today I was pretty pretty sure I was not thinking about Donald Trump at all. So that, <laughs> so that was, that was very, I mean, you've, you've talked about many, many interesting things, but uh, Donald Trump, I was not expecting not that. And that I do not, yet. I would have never guessed you and Donald Trump have anything at all in common. Me either. <laughs> that guy gets under my skin so badly. And, you know, it was funny. I was in the domestic abuse situation when he was sort of at his peak and, uh, Man, astrology's crazy. Life is crazy. I was, when I for some reason one day I was just triggered into pulling up his chart, and I when I saw that I was like, it provided such a powerful mirror for me to be like, oh man, where am I going, Donald Trump on people? Like I gotta really get that under control. <laughs> you know, when you said in your email like tangents are encouraged, I was like, oh, this poor guy has no idea what he's getting himself into. <laughs> I love hearing people talk about their special interests. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> and, and if people uh, want to hear you talk more about your special interests or learn about you and the services you provide beyond uh, this interview, how can they go about doing so? Oh, uh, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I am. I do. I try to do a daily horoscope every day, Monday through Friday, on Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at a neurodivergent astrologer. There's a link in my bio on Instagram to workshops that I offer, private readings. I would love if any listeners are, you know, wanting to understand their birth chart and get into it. I'm happy to spend an hour with you and walk you through your personal astrology. So that's right in the link in my bio on Instagram. 
I'm on TikTok, and then I do a weekly forecast on YouTube, and I'm trying to do more and more instructional videos as well. So a neurodivergent astrologer is sort of my, it's a little wordy, I'll probably have to figure that out at some point, but it would seem like a good, like, like well, that's what it is, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, Colleen, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for talking to me about astrology today. Yeah, hey, this is like my favorite thing to go on and on about my special interest in a low sensory environment. This is great. So thank you very much. Thanks so much to Colleen for the conversation. To learn more about Colleen, check out the link in the podcast description for this episode. Through Autism Personal Coach, we provide autistic adults and teens with extraordinary support to live self-sufficient and purpose-driven lives through our customized coaching. If this is something that you're interested in, then please book a free call with me to get started. A link for the free call can be found in the podcast description of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. Till next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.